You know, if you take everything I've accomplished in my entire life and condense it down into one day, it looks decent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Decent Show. Uh, I believe we're on episode 27. Ryan Money here, joined by Reagan Horton. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our producer, Gamble, who's been dropping sick beats on our last couple episodes. Hopefully he dropped a sick beat on this episode. Don't know until after he produces it. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. And uh, Reagan, what's going on today? Uh, yeah, man. Appreciate it, Gamble. Um, not much. Just finishing up school. Uh Dream is about to be over. Uh, time to sell my soul to the corporate world. You know, yes. just, the, just the reg, you know? Yes, dude. Nothing <laughs> like selling out, getting an office job, sitting in a cubicle, hating, hating your life. life. <laughs> <laughs> you coming to bed, dear? <laughs> you wake up, she's there. You go to sleep at night, she's there. She's there. Uh, you know what I'm talking about too. That episode of SpongeBob where it's just like the fish, like just yeah. stuck in traffic, stuck at the cubicle, <laughs> stuck looking at his window. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> That's pretty much how uh, it is. No, nah, yeah, literally how it is. I've been in the um, I've been in the working world for uh, a little over a year now. I guess coming up on a year and a half out of college, and uh, yeah, it sucks. Definitely not what I thought it would be. <laughs> And uh, none of my dreams are coming true. So, hey, good luck to all you graduates out there. Congrats. And uh, it's all downhill from here. It gets worse. I mean, <laughs> it gets better. I don't know. Yeah, no, sometimes it gets better. I know people are probably doing great things. And so, you know, good for them. But, yeah, it's definitely um, – I don't know. It's not what I thought it would be. I, I thought I would have all this free time. And I thought that, you know, I'd just go to work and, you know, get a check and then just dick around all the time because I didn't have homework. And I don't know. It's kind of the case, not really, but maybe it's also because the job I have requires a little bit more hours than than Most. the average job. So, yeah, definitely uh, all you guys out there, you know, try to find a job that works you less. You know, it's always the move. That is the move. So you want to introduce our uh, new segment? Uh, yeah, so we're thinking about doing something called uh, the most decent thing of the week. Uh, so since we generally record about once a week, just kind of giving you guys, you know, keeping the decent theme up, uh, just kind of giving you something that uh, we felt is not necessarily great, not necessarily bad. You were just like, oh, man, that was decent. And I had one of those moments. Uh, I was listening to a different podcast, uh, and I was kind of talking to you about it off air as a spinoff of your mom's house podcast. It's one of their uh, sister shows that's on their YouTube channel, and they had a guy on there, and about every time he told a story, his transition phrase – was it's one of those things where it's one of those things where so basically our classic line uh, that I guess I started and you've adopted uh, he said it like the whole episode and so it just made me feel good that 
we're not the only ones that say that it is a very useful and common phrase. It's a good, good transition phrase. And I'm like, man, that's <laughs> like I was getting annoyed by it, but it also made me feel good that somebody else has this flaw. So mm-hmm. that's my most decent thing of the week right there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I probably should have put some more thought into this, but basically, uh, what I've like come across as like the most decent thing um, that's happened to me is I let me let me try to explain this well. Uh, basically, I went to Dairy Queen, right, and um, I wanted to get a Blizzard, and it was like an Oreo Blizzard, uh, super simple. And I get up there, and I'm like, yeah, I want to have an Oreo Blizzard, and she's like, yeah, chocolate Blizzard. As soon as like you got it and i'm like no i an oreo <laughs> blizzard and then she's like yeah no problem and i wanted a medium because you know, i'm going i'm going hard so she's like yeah all right uh, oreo oreo a small blizzard and i was like medium she's like yeah just pull around to the front window and i was like all right great so then i get there and it is a medium but it is a chocolate so or no it was a peanut butter one so it wasn't even wrong it wasn't even her first time being wrong she was wrong twice about what i wanted so yeah that was phenomenal um yeah, I don't know. That was that was just a great overall experience there, but you know I still got some ice cream out of it, so I can't really say it's the worst thing in the world. No, I agree with you. I mean, I I don't know what's going on. I don't know why people aren't lining up to work at Dairy Queen. I guess the quality of their employees is on the on the on the decline. <laughs> I was just I don't know, dude. I just wanted to like I don't know. I just didn't think it was that much to ask for. Just like get the damn order right. Like I said it like three or four times. I don't know. Yeah. And it was like six dollars too. I thought it was gonna be like less for some reason, I guess I guess not. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. You know, I feel like you go to an ice cream store, you expect to maybe get bent over a little bit, but every time I just try to get some ice cream from like Sonic or Whataburger or Freddy's, like you know, anywhere, they want like an arm and a leg for a cup of ice cream. I, I didn't realize that ice cream was such a hot commodity. I feel like I'm paying for a tank of gas every time I'm trying <laughs> to get it. You know, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Oh well. Guess all those toppings. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what, what else is going down? Anything else uh, new in your life? You know, you're approaching graduation. You finishing up, uh, you know, schools and uh, studies and. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I'm finishing up this like senior design project basically, and it's uh, it's just annoying. I don't know. It's like. It's, it's not even hard at this point. It's just, you know, trying to communicate with four other people, like, what part to do. And, you know, like, of course, this one stupid bitch is like, she's like, yeah, um, I'm going to be at, I, I just got y'all's text. I'm going to be studying uh, for a test I have tomorrow, and then I'm going out of town, basically, for the rest of the semester. So I don't know if I'm going to get around to my part. And I'm like, well, fuck you then. Like, that's just, how, like, how? How are you busy at the end of the semester as well? Like, you know. She's like she's always been busy, and like that's always been her excuse. She go we've we've talked about it off here. She goes out of town every weekend to go visit her boyfriend, like every single weekend, uh, so she can ever like meet and help the group work on the project. So I just I don't understand how she's still busy. Like I don't I don't know. I just I'm sure you could just not visit him, and he would be fine. You know, he probably has friends or things he wants to do with his free time, unlike you. So it's just like you know. Exactly. Yeah. No. Definitely. <laughs> That's just the way I feel, man. I don't know. Girls that say, why do you always play Xbox? You know, they just don't realize what a fucking hobby is, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Besides, I guess, ruining their boyfriend's lives. But, yeah, that's all fine. Danny, you got me thinking, too. I've had a couple of um, 
did I tell you the stories at work about, you know, um, when I talk to couples on the phone about their music preferences and things like that? No, you're not. <laughs> oh, God. So this is like, you know, these people are getting married. You know, everybody I talk to on the phone is getting married. And then, like, you know, you have these conversations with them and you're talking, you know, details about their wedding. And then it's like you're listening to them learn about each other on the phone. It's like. <laughs> You don't know this shit about this person. You're gonna marry him, like, like you guys. Like what their favorite music is, or whatever. Yeah, a lot of it comes down to the music. Like I've had a few couples in a row recently where they like. So yeah, you know, we get to we finish the timeline, and timelines just basically a lot of like yes and no's, and I don't knows, and there's not really a whole lot of difference of opinion there. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the music, it's like, all right, guys, we're gonna talk about music. You know, what kind of music do you guys into, or you know, maybe what kind of music do you hate? You know, what, what what's going on there? And like the bride will normally be like, so I like this and, you know, pop and nineties, I grew up in the nineties. So I like nineties and, and, you know, um, Justin Timberlake and, you know, I like everything really, as long as it's the music I listen to. So yeah. And then, so, you know, I'll like get a, I, and she'll, they'll normally elaborate a little bit more. She might say she likes country or doesn't like country or, you know, like a little bit of hip hop, like, drake and usher like real simple stuff he's like all right cool and then she'll like i've had a few in a row where she's like yeah and you know blake listens to i'll let blake explain what he listens to and so like this fucker gets on there and like they're on speaker but you know he like leans in you know so you know i can he can be heard and he'll be like yeah i like metal (laughs) (laughs) And and i was like okay I was like, is that it? Metal? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, well, can you, you know, any, I guess, favorite bands or artists or anything? And he's like, yeah, like Five Finger Death Punch, As I Lay Here Dying, uh, you know, Sucker Punch to the Tits, and, you know, <laughs> Fuck Me Raw, and like just, like, naming all these awful band names. And I'm just like, I'm, and like, literally, I'm cringing the whole time I'm typing them in. I'm just like, uh huh, okay. And, um, She's like, you like? She's like, I didn't realize you liked all of those. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've liked these. And and I, and I was like, yeah. So when you know, when do you see us, you know, playing some of these songs or artists? And he goes, I don't know. I guess during the open dance. I don't know when else she's gonna let me play them. And I, she's like, yeah, but I was thinking maybe during dinner because who's gonna dance to that? You know, I'm just like. <laughs> I'm just in the middle, like, okay, yeah, 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 you're both, you're both stupid, yeah, definitely, I mean, she's more right, you know, she's more right than he is in this situation, because nobody wants to listen to metal at a wedding, and nobody's gonna dance to it, as I, like, as I lay here dying was an actual band name, so that, that was, like, the, the tipping point for me, I was, and you know, like, if we played that as a DJ, like, people come up to us and go, hey, man, like, are you mentally challenged, like, can you turn this shit off, um, like, anyway, and so she goes, I mean, can you play like something lighter? And he goes, I mean, yeah, I like, like Blink-182, Yellow Card, you know, stuff like that. And she goes, I don't even know who that is. God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I was like, you're not only do you not know what kind of music he listens to, but it's the most whack shit ever. You guys are getting married and you don't even know who his favorite artists are. And Blink-182, like if you're going to know a rock band, you know, that's in this era, that's like the easiest one to know, like. Pretty much yeah. everybody knows who they are, and she doesn't even know who they are. So it's like, and you guys are gonna get married. And then, like, we get to the line dances, and they start arguing over. It. He's like, "I do not want to do the cupid shuffle." She's like, "It'll be fine," you know. And they just arguing over. It. Are you serious? Like, this is legitimately what's happening? 
Yeah, dude, like, this is verbatim. I'm not exaggerating. Like, And they basically, like, start arguing and things, like, get awkward because they, like, just realized somehow. I don't know how long any of these people have been dating, obviously, but they all, like, I've had, like, two or three, I had two or three couples in the same week, like, basically realize that they didn't know each other's music preferences and that they didn't like each other's music preferences. And it's like, what Boy, the fuck that, do you guys that... do in the car? Like, have you never rode in the car together? Like, what happens to the radio? Like, what's going on there? So, so did you just follow that up with all right? So who wants to DJ at y'all's uh, divorce signing or whatever? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, good news, good news, I boss. I got us locked in for both the wedding and the divorce. It's kind of bad, dude. I uh, there's quite a few times where like me and like somebody else will kind of talk about the people we've talked to, and they'll be, and we'll just be like, yeah, it's not gonna fucking work. Like, what are these people doing? Like. You know, they're like, they're anywhere from 20 to 23 years old and they don't know anything about each other. It's probably their first relationship away from their parents. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to get married. It's like, are you like, is that going to work? Like, I don't know. It's, it's funny. Um, and it's pretty stupid. Oh man. Anything else going on in, uh, in your world there? I mean, I got a couple other things, but obviously I've been, I've been ranting for a minute. Uh, no, please continue to rant. Uh, if I think of anything, I, I think that's pretty much it. You know, it's like, I'm just, it's boring. You know, I've just been doing school stuff and all that. And yeah, I had to deal with, you know, stupid excuse, make poop pants or whatever. So that's pretty much my only, only thing I have that's funny to complain about, honestly. Oh man. Well, I've pretty much covered all the long stuff. So I, you know, did the most, we did the most decent thing in the week and then, uh, yeah, the relationships at work are hilarious. And then I had, uh, we're going to kind of cover on this episode. We're probably going to mostly talk about basketball. I feel like that's going to take up the most decent chunk, but we're going to talk about the new Spider-Man trailer. Uh, you know, we're going to later in the episode, we're going to do kind of, we're both probably going to do a rap review over homicide, the new, uh, logic and M single and logic's new album drops kind of like, I think I predicted it last week. I was like, since he's dropped three singles, I'm assuming the album's coming next Friday. And it did, it dropped yesterday. And, uh, I think I've listened to all of it today and it's, pretty solid uh i like it better than well see I'm, i've lost track he dropped an album called supermarket somewhere in between and i don't know if that was an album or a mixtape because again i feel like there was no marketing to it it was just there like i didn't even think i saw it under new hip-hop i think i just saw it because i had to go look up a logic song one day and i was like new album like where did this come from mm-hmm. so i don't know what that was about so i'm just gonna say it's better than his third studio album which had the 1-800 song on it which i mean I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I don't know how people feel about that album, but that album as a whole, like, I'm not crazy about it. It's a little too... Uh, poppy? Like, mm, yeah, poppy slash political for my taste. Like, you mm. know, so it's like pretty much every single song is about being biracial in America, and it's just a little exhausting. I mean, a couple of those songs is fine. I understand you got to get the message out, but I just for a whole album, for every song to basically be about that, it's just kind of, um, again, exhausting. And so... Mm-hmm. That album dropped. Um, we shouted out Gamble's production. Uh, I, we were going to do uh, an in-game follow-up, so I guess we'll kind of jump into that. Um, Spoilers. So, yeah, two things I have on the in-game follow-up on my end. I couldn't remember like the main thing I wanted to talk to you about, but basically I heard that Clay Thompson walked out of in-game because he wasn't interested, and that comment that I heard from a different podcast like just left me wanting more. Like I. Like, has he seen the other movies? Is this the only movie he's seen? Like, did he get an emergency phone call? Like, what happened? Like, what what led up to him walking out? They just said he walked out. A number of things could have happened. Was he just uh, not in the mood because he was, you know, struggling at the at that point? Still kind of struggling? Like, 
as a what what exactly we don't know all good yeah. questions we don't know so i find that interesting though i i feel like i mean it's a very long movie i i'll acknowledge that but it's to me unless there's some kind of emergency i, I just don't see how you walk out of that movie i've i mean honestly i've never like that that's what like if he didn't like it that'd be like one thing you know but i honestly i've never walked out of a movie so i can't even like i, I don't know you know i just i i can't imagine a movie being so just not for me that i would just walk out of it i just didn't want to see the like how it played out you know like, and I've seen some bad movies, but I just, I still, <laughs> I've stayed there for them, you know. Okay, see, that's what I was going to ask you. They kind of did this follow-up question on the other podcast. They said, you know, what movies have you walked out of? So you said you've never walked out of a movie, but can you at least maybe think of a movie that you almost walked out on? Or maybe a movie that you tried at home? Like, maybe you finally, like, you just picked a movie on Netflix and you got maybe 30 minutes into it and just turned it off because it, you know, sucked or whatever. Like, you have any examples of that? Uh, yeah, uh couple of examples uh i would have walked out on it and uh my stepdad to this day says that like he was very close because i went when i was like uh, i was like 11 or so and i went with my stepdad and my stepbrother and he's like you know my step or my stepbrother was six at the time so you know he's really young not a whole lot of movies that we can watch so we went and saw this one movie and it was called like the wild or wild or something and it's basically a <laughs> knockoff of madagascar which is already a questionable movie, you know, (laughs) like it's just not, no, it's like diet Pepsi, you know, like diet Coke is already like not going to taste good, but you're getting a knockoff version of that. So yeah, he said to me, he was like, yeah, I was really close to just walking out of that movie. It was pretty terrible. And if I had been old enough, I would have definitely walked out of it because I distinctly remember like how, like just, I don't know. I never felt that after like watching the movie. Like as a kid, I was just like, I'm like kind of depressed. Like I was just so <laughs> boring and bad and like terrible. Like just cringe-worthy jokes and like just I don't know. It just sucked. Like it was just so bad. So I've never walked out of that. Uh, hot take. Did not. I don't like uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, yeah, I think it's. I I really don't like that movie. So if I had to go we watch saw that, that together, right? No, I watched that um, in in my house just like on a dvd maybe you were there no i saw it with walker i remember now okay yeah so yeah i did i I did not like that movie and i would have definitely left at the point where he says like all right we're going to turn around and go back the way we came basically (laughs) we're going to undo everything we've done this movie i would have definitely turned around and like walked out of that movie um i don't know like we were you know i've listened to our episodes about like the you know most decent movies and like we're ranking the worst one the best one all that and, um, you know, even those movies, I don't think I'd ever walk out on because like something like Venom or, you know, even even uh, Fantastic Beasts like that movie kind of gets better towards the end of it. So like I, I, it would have to be a movie that is so bad and it doesn't even seem like it's going to get better. Like, you know, like what's the amount of time you would spend before you left a movie is what I want to ask. Like how much how much time do you need to give it? Like if it's awful, awful, like the worst thing you can imagine like, do you give it 30 minutes? Do you give it yeah. five? I don't know. 30 minutes to an hour. Um, it just really depends. Uh, so I think I've got a couple of examples. I remember it was me and Nick had gone to see American Sniper in theaters. I don't know why. I guess we just thought it would be dope. I, for some reason, because him and I don't even really go watch movies that often. So, like... I don't know. One day we were hanging out and we just decided that we were going to go see American Sniper. And... I don't remember what point of the movie we were in. I don't remember anything about the movie except for that we walked out 
and I feel like we had to have, we had to have been at least an hour in because it felt like we were there forever. So I mean, when it feels like that, I would say we at least gave it forty five minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. and we both just looked at each other and we're like, we Not both just threw our, yeah, we both just threw our shoulders up at the same time. It was the craziest thing. Like me and him aren't normally in sync like that, and we both were just like threw our shoulders up and both stood up and walked out. We just left it. We were both like, yeah, that kind of sucked, man. I was bored. I was like, yeah, me too. Like, I'm, I'm glad you were thinking the same thing I was. He's like, yeah, me too. And so yeah, we left and like got something to eat, you know? So, um, I want to go back and watch that movie because it's a Clint Eastwood movie, Bradley Cooper, you know, it's got all the makings of a good movie. I've heard people say they like it and it's got good reviews and I don't know why we hated it so much. We were just bored. I don't, I don't remember anything exciting happening. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing is like now that we're doing the podcast, you know, I feel as though if I'm going to go see a movie, I might as well just stick it out and then just dump on it, you know, for, that mater- is the beauty. for material. So like how would we – it would have to be so bad that it's just like, nah, dude, it's not even worth it. We're just going to dump on it without even seeing the end of it. Yeah, we can. We can. I, know I don't know what I... that would be. But that would see, that's another thing is we'd have to get – it's a hard balancing act because I don't – you know, even with the podcast in mind, I try to go see movies that, like, I I at least think I'm going to enjoy somewhat, you know. So it would have to be a movie that looks kind of good and then just be absolutely awful. Yeah. Which is tough. Is that the only movie you walked out on? I think that is the only – I think that's the only movie I've walked out on. There's been a couple of other ones where I've come close or I've fallen asleep. I can't exactly remember. Like, I remember I fell asleep during John Wick 2, but I wouldn't have walked out of that movie. I just fell asleep because I was tired. And mm-hmm. then – but there's been other movies where I've been like on the fence about it. And recently I had a like click away movie like me. I was just trying to find something to watch on Netflix. And I was like, oh, hey, Observe and Report. That's a Seth Rogen movie that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it on. Got about 20 minutes in and I was like, nope, like not feeling it. And, you know, hit circle on that bitch and got out of there. On Netflix. And- yeah, and uh, so that was a movie that I, you know, I, I, I Netflix walked out on, and then I had, I did the same thing with the Informant with Matt Damon. That was on Netflix or Amazon or something, and I got about thirty minutes into that movie, and it was just the longest thirty minutes of my life, man. Like nothing happened. So that was another one that I just clicked out on because uh, it was poop a loop for sure. Dude, I can't even remember the last time I did that. I think it's mainly because I don't use. Like I just I'm so burned by Netflix I don't even bother to try to use their movies you know I feel like they they've got a shot at having a good series but I've never you know I've, well, I've never are, watched a good movie that's a Netflix movie that's those aren't Netflix movies though both of those movies are just movies that are on Netflix oh yeah you're right that's true yeah even so they've just burned so much ground with me I'm like I don't even think you can distribute a good movie <laughs> yeah yeah you guys don't know how to put a movie on here you idiots um. Fucking increase in the price. I remembered uh, one of the things I wanted to follow up with you about last episode um, was the Venom and Shazam comparison. You asked me the question of which movie that I think was better, and I I just wanted to say that I was kind of casual about that question. Like the words I was saying were accurate, but my my tone was very casual. And the more I thought about it, that's probably like the t- one of the toughest questions you've ever asked me. Like now <laughs> I want to watch those movies side by side. To try to decide which one is better slash which one's the bigger disappointment because they both have a ton of potential and both are very disappointing and they're both and they come out to you know decent or like low key garbo based on our scale. 
Yeah. And so I like that was a really tough question. So I just wanted to bring that up that I was way too casual when you asked me that question. That's like question of the year right there. And I want to watch those movies side by side, you know, or, you know, back to back to mm. really give you a true answer on that sometime because they're both huge disappointments. And also I did find it ironic, like you said on the last episode, how like Venom made a ton of money, but critics hated it. And then, you know, vice versa for Shazam. Mm. And and it just makes total sense how that happened is that they're both dumpster fires, but people have heard of Venom, not really heard of Shazam. Well, yeah, I just I think it's just because there you know there's also the fact that people have probably been burned by DC and they're just sort of they're a little more cautious now I think um, with them and then I think that, that you know people see Venom and they're like well that's Marvel you know that I don't I don't think they fully get that that's not you know the same Marvel that makes the MCU movies but you know they just think it's the same so they're like oh let's go see it like who cares yeah. Exactly. And I mean, he is a more sick looking character, like way more. But see, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. I, I like the the wizardry background of Shazam. I don't know why. I think it's I don't know. It's kind of cool to have like a different element in the superhero world. And, you know, to me, wizardry is like a soft transition. So I, I kind of like the background. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could be cooler and more detailed if they wanted to, but um, I don't know. I kind of like the origin of Shazam more than I like the way they introduced Venom. I don't really like the way they introduced Venom in Spider-Man 3 or, um, or, the, you know, movie. The, or the new movie. But you, you and I talked about it during the Venom review, how we both prefer the Spider-Man 3 origin over the – the, the new origin just because, you know, basically they're saying there's a million different Venom out there, like you had said, like, you know, that's just, it makes him less special if there's a bunch of them. Yeah, which is also the problem with uh, Shazam. Yeah, now there's a bunch of those, which, but that's the thing, they're more fun, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, they're they're fun and cool, and there's, you know, there's six of them, there's not a million of them, it's kind of, you know, because they're supposed to be the seven deadly sins, and so there could be the seven Shazams, you know, it's kind of an even battle at that point, and so... Um, that's better than a million Venom. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to give you a shout out for, for a good question there that I really don't know the answer to. I gave an answer and said Shazam, but I I, I might have to backtrack on that if I watch those movies back to back. Yeah. So what do you want to say about uh, Endgame? Uh, the other thing about Endgame, we talked about Clay Thompson walking out, so we kind of did the walkout thing. And then just, um, I don't know, Scar Joe was on that episode of Hot Ones, and I don't know, it was a really good episode, and I don't know. The more I watch that show, the more I like it. But um, the host is kind of goofy. Like his questions are like too detailed, which makes him good and bad. Like he actually cares and does the research. Mm-hmm. So you like appreciate that. It's not the same generic questions over and over again. But like they're so detailed to where you're like, like Jesus, man. Like why don't you just, you know? It's almost like the first part of his question isn't even a question. It's like a statement showing them that he's like sucking up and did his research. And then he asked a question. Hmm. So I get a little tired of that, but it's kind of nitpicky. But anyway, she was on an episode and uh, she was hilarious, obviously hot. You know, she's on there like cussing about eating hot wings. And she's like, you know, like, what is this shit? Like, I don't want to eat any more of this shit, you know, and just doing that the whole time. And she's like demanding that they bring her a beer. And so they have like somebody run out and bring her beer. Hmm. And uh, she's like crushing beer and eating wings. So that was pretty cool. And they were trying to get her to um spoil in game like they thought they could get her delirious by the chicken wings because you kind of get like kind of like a high from like eating that hot of wings yeah 
and uh, they were like throwing all these random off the wall like Avenger spoiler questions at her and she's just like making all these faces and going she's like I don't even know what you're saying like my mouth is burning and so I don't know <laughs> I thought that was uh, pretty hilarious but uh, I know you had some in-game stuff and I'm hoping that your in-game stuff will make me remember anything that I might have had yeah basically I've just um I freely, I completely forgot to make the comparison last week, but also spoilers for Game of Thrones. But like, Game of Thrones basically is like a super like hype show, great writing, all this other stuff. Like, but they've been hyping up this event where you know the Night King comes, who's basically like a zombie master, and he's you know the ultimate evil, and he's just you know he's so like I don't know, he's he's the ultimate bad guy basically. And um, they've been hyping him up for so long, like it's it's literally memed and joked about that you know, winter is coming is like the phrase they always say, and it kind of also applies to like him because he's like a, a snow zombie kind of dude. So like, oh, he's coming, he's coming. But like they've been saying it for like six or seven years now, so it's like, is he really? You know, so he finally gets there. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to interrupt you, but that sounds exactly like how I met your mother, Ted. You know, meeting the mom in the story. That's yeah. exactly what that's like. Uh, dude, honestly, the more I think about that show, I'm like, man, do I even like it? I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things about it that bother me. Uh, I don't anyway. know. I don't want to get, like, too sidetracked, but yeah, I was, like, thinking about that the other day. I was like, I mean, the main character is just so annoying, and then, like, it's just, you know, the mystery is just so teased for so long, like, I almost don't even care, but then I think about, like, Barney, and he's hilarious. Anyway, back to Game of Thrones, like, it's just, you know, they've been hyping it up for so long, and, you know, there's only six episodes this season and um they wasted they didn't waste but the first two are basically just set up for like this epic battle and they have this epic battle and it's basically all done in a in a blizzard and it looks like it's done in a blizzard which is very annoying like it just it could just be easily done in any other way that you know makes it look like it's in a blizzard but you can also see what's going on so you couldn't even see what was going on and the like they finally have like these epic dragons there. They have like this massive wolf. Um, he's like uh, he's like the last of his kind. He's kind of a badass. Um, they have like all these badass soldiers who have like fire swords, and like they they just don't even use it. You know, like they just go the fire sword guys. They just go out, and you don't you literally don't even see it. You just see them run out into the distance, and then they just die. And like the the fire slowly gets extinguished. And you're like, hmm, that was kind of disappointing because you know. I kind of wanted to see some actual action here. And, you know, it was just very, like, disappointing. Basically, like, what the, the comparison I'm making here is, like, both these events are, like, super hyped up for so long. And uh, it's just, you know, one of them really stuck the landing and nailed it. And I feel like the other one just sort of phoned it in, you know. Not necessarily bad, but kind of what we were, uh, you know, what we were expecting, which is, like, in-game isn't that. In-game is very much, like, I was not expecting that, and I still liked it, you know. Yeah. Which is impressive uh, on in games part. So that like, I don't know. That's just that, that further cemented to me because I was hyped for both. I was way more hyped for in game, obviously, because I care more about that than Game of Thrones. But I, you know, I was hyped for both, and I was just, and, you know, one very much dropped the ball, and I, I don't know. I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with that. <laughs> yeah, so is the whole season of Game of Thrones a dropped ball? Like, are they are they dropping it this last season? Is it not? not living up to the epicness, you know, since it's all coming to an end or pretty much just I mean, that one episode. I mean, but that, that's the thing is like, it was all done in one episode. Cause we were kind of thinking, you know, if you're going to waste, 
Because that's another thing is they they didn't have a season last year, so they took extra time to do it. And so taking extra time to do it's fine, but then you know you come across it and it's not even that interesting, and you're kind of like, well, what what are we supposed to do here? But now you know we've wasted two episodes on that, and they went out, and then like all the bad guys go out immediately in the third episode, and it's like, well, why? You know what what is there left in the show now? Because it was supposed to be about that. So it's like, well, why not just end it there? Why didn't, you know, we kind of thought the last four or maybe like two or three of the episodes were going to be about them fighting and it would have been super epic, you know, but it, it really wasn't. <laughs> so now it's just sort of, it's sort of limping along. I'm like, I hope you can find something to, you know, end, it with. end well because ending is really important because it's, to, at least for me, to me, like, because like that's always the last thing I think about. So, you know, I was, I'm kind of thinking right now, I'm like, man, do I even like, I mean, how much do I really like this show? Because I used to be really high on it, but now, you know, they're not really nailing the, the most important part. So, and that's an, another thing that didn't in game does well is, you know, it just, it just tied everything up so nicely. Like I just, I really appreciate how satisfying each conclusion was. Well, I agree with you there. Uh, um, also yeah. random before you get started uh nope. like peter you know from uh like basketball peter yeah he randomly called me today and we talked about in game um he was so blown away by it he had to freaking call me <laughs> and we talked about it uh <laughs> so i was like all right man yeah that's uh interesting Do you have I, any hot takes on it he just thought it was free he just thought it was really epic uh the only, like the funny thing that he was saying was uh there was a baby in the theater with them and uh he was he went with his girlfriend and he was like, dude, my girlfriend's like so savage. I had no idea she like had it in her. Because like it, and the baby started crying like five ten minutes into it and she like gets up and he's like, well, where did she go? And then you know she like told the manager on him and got them all like kicked out like the entire family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like that is pretty freaking savage. Like that's the yeah. move. That is the move. Good for her. Good. Yeah, I would There's do it too. There's a baby in there. Being a baby. Well, some people suck. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I was going to say something about Game of Thrones. But, yeah, I've been kind of hearing similar things that, uh, you know, a lot of people at the office, pretty much everybody I feel like in America besides myself is loves Game of Thrones. And, um, you know, a lot of them have kind of – they didn't – they're not – their feelings haven't been as strong as yours, but they've kind of been mentioning how – you know, like, oh, yeah, the first two episodes were slow, and then the third episode was epic, and now it's kind of slow again. But what episode are they on, and how many do they have left? They have two left. They're on their they're, – they're about to show their fifth one tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, and that's what's crazy, too, is I don't, I don't know why they don't have a basketball game today and tomorrow instead of doing them both tomorrow because the second game is going to be at the same time as Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't get why they're trying to compete with that. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I really, I don't understand why they don't just, I don't know. I don't understand why they wouldn't just stagnate um, football and basketball season more so that we can have them going by themselves throughout the year. But that's beside the point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if football just started in, like, you know, leave just leave football. It starts in August, and in February, let's start the NBA season, you know? Yeah. Well, now you've also got me thinking, I it's still on topic, but I feel like it's kind of a sidetrack. You know, if, if this, which, but you would say overall, you used to be high on Game of Thrones, and this last season you feel is kind of disappointing you so far, right? Yeah, I'd say it's disappointing. I would say, honestly, it's one of the weakest seasons I've seen 
Um, obviously the first one of any show is kind of weak. Yeah. Um, but like three, four, five, six, and seven are all pretty strong and have great action and are this worth the eight? worth the build up. Yeah, and this is eight. So I would say it's probably the third worst season and the you know, the first one's always sketchy, so okay. so far. Maybe they can pull it together. Okay. Well the reason why I bring this up is you got me thinking, of all my favorite shows, I don't really know if I've liked how any of them have ended because I don't, I mean, the last season of Seinfeld is probably one of my least favorite. Um, the last season of How I Met Your Mother is my least favorite. Uh, the last season of Weeds is my least favorite. Um, and I just can't think of some of my other, like, favorite shows that I've actually, like, finished. But, like, I don't know. Do you think that's kind of a common thing to where, like, a lot of TV shows just don't know how to end or they should end earlier, but they feel like they can go for, like, one more season and then it just never, they never have enough material? Yeah, I feel like they try to. I feel like they just try to do get too creative with it. Uh, ironically, like they just and they end up creating something that no one cares about. Like, I, I mean, like in Seinfeld, they tried to you know reincorporate every single character, so it was just you know, I just it didn't really work. It just wasn't a great episode. But honestly, the last season of Seinfeld is great, except for that episode. So it's it's there's more. A couple, there's a couple other episodes in there that aren't like the best. Mm-hmm. There's I mean, a couple. But it yeah, is but the finale the, that's the worst. The yes. se- yeah, but the season is still really good. Like it's not like awful. I mean, if you were to sh- if you were to make me watch that in season five or four or something, like I would have a hard time saying which one was better outside of that episode. And uh, the Office has a bad last. The Office has an all right last season, and, and like the final episode is really nice, but it really is just a it's just a wrap up episode. You know, it just wraps everything up nicely. It's not. Um, it's not necessarily the funniest, um, so it depends on what you like about that show. If you like the characters and you want to see them like get resolved in a more positive way and like everything tied up nicely, then that show does it well. Um, <coughs> actually, yeah. Parks and Rec like they jump into the future a couple of years, and um, they play like a lot of funny jokes about that because they are like, I think that sh- the season came out in 2015, and they act as if it came comes out in 2018. So they talk about like the Jason Bourne movie. And they're like, man, that movie was so good. And he's like, yeah, I thought Kevin James was a weird choice for Jason Bourne. And they were like, mm-hmm. nah, he nailed it. Like they make like jokes like that, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so yeah. like stuff like that. Like I, uh, I think those shows nail it. But most of the time, yeah, like all of how How I Met Your Mother, the final season, like three fourths of it is borderline unwatchable. Awful. awful. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess it's just a delicate thing too. It's kind of hard to end a tv show i guess because i mean i'm not even i don't think it's a bad ending but i'm not even really crazy about the final season or ending of friends but it's also yeah. a show with essentially you know overall no, no story yeah no plot so it just ends so i don't know just kind of got me thinking for a second a little tv show sidetrack um well what do you want to talk about basketball now uh, I do, but oh yeah, I guess I'll save that for the uh, the rap review. I guess my one, well, are we gonna talk about Spider Man before or after basketball? Yeah, let's just talk about it now. We're already sort of around in game. <laughs> All right, bet. And then, um, real quick, uh, I saw a funny Snapchat uh, on someone's Snapchat story, and they were at a Renaissance festival, and I guess the Renaissance festival was utilizing like school buses for transportation, mm-hmm. and the girl took a snap and said, can't remember the last time I rode a school bus. 
And I literally just wanted to like Snapchat message her back. When you were in school, you dumb motherfucker. But like, I, I just didn't. I didn't have the heart. Like, I wanted to so bad. Like, that's the first thought I had when I saw that snap. I was like, what a fucking idiot. Like, you know, whenever you were in high school, probably your freshman or sophomore year. Like, are you that fucking dumb? I don't know. It's just statements like that. I'm just like, I, I hate people. Like. Get your fucking life together with these generic ass statements. Oh, I can't remember the last time I was in high school. Oh, maybe it was when I was in high school. Like, oh god. Um, and then I saw there's another person on Snap that's like in New York, and like Jesus Christ, they're literally doing everything that you could do anywhere else, but they're like New York, like New York Chinese food. Got a Metro card. Like, you know, like, who gives a shit? Like, you could do that anywhere. I could ride the Metro in Houston if I wanted to. I could get Chinese food at fucking anywhere. Like, uh, it looked like shit, too. I mean, it looked like dog food. I don't know. Smells like a pet shop in here. New York pizza. Oh, New York street sign. Like, I don't know. It's just <laughs> the most touristy shit I've ever seen on someone's Snapchat in a while. So both of those things... um Gave me a laugh and pissed me off at the same time. So just thought I'd share that with you. That's why you gotta stay off social media, man. No, I, I can't, bro. That's where all the hoes are at. For sure. sure. For sure. So what do you think about this trailer? Uh, I'm still rock hard um, for the movie. But mm-hmm. I'm a little, I guess, confused. Um, and I'm hoping that you'll just shine more light and give more detail. Just because I'm, I've seen the trailer and I swear I saw it. You know, the day it came out or the day after, but I'm I'm having a hard time remembering it. But I told you off air, the biggest thing to me was the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal in this trailer is kind of presented as an ally. Um, so I'm interested to see how that storyline plays out. What do you think? Uh, the biggest thing to me is I'm wondering if he's lying about the multiverse and if that's going to be like if that's going to actually be real. What What's going on with the multiverse? I guess I missed that. Because he's from another <laughs> he's from another like earth basically like in another like another reality basically Mm. so like that's what he's claiming to be he could just be a regular one and he's fooled everyone and that's not even really nick fury like you know it it could be anything basically what what excites me about it is like how i have literally no idea what's going to go on like you they've really misdirected what you know what anyone could think is possibly the actual plot of this movie like it's it's so hard to find out now because we initially were like all right yeah he's going to europe he's fighting mysterio and that's great but now i'm like okay well what is he is he gonna work with him is he gonna you know stab him in the back is he really from another dimension if so like is he gonna go there um that does make me a little nervous though because that makes it i don't know that's just another really complicated thing um about like the marvel movies now is you know they have time travel and they have like alternate dimensions and i get that that's like tied together um but they're already you know accessing it if they are if they're not like that's cool too but it just that's going to be tough to nail you know like time travel that's going to be really tough to nail and not make sense and not be stupid you know yeah but at the same time i mean you know they're they're writing the movies i feel like they can still make a movie to where like the threat is local or um, you know, where it doesn't involve, it doesn't, you know, not every movie necessarily has to involve time travel in different dimensions now, you know, if they don't want it to, I feel like there's ways to avoid it, but, but it's hard because 
once you get it started. Because, you know, exactly, yeah, it's, you know, Giggity. It's basically, you know, Spider-Man, oh no, like, uh, the villain has the Infinity Stone or whatever, and he's like, well, we'll just go back in time and we'll go get another one and we'll fight him with it, you know. Like, you could, you could always do that. So you gotta ride away to make sure that the time machine can't be used or something, you know. Yeah. It makes well, it a I mean, little tougher. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. And I, uh, the only thing I, in the trailer, I believe it was in the trailer that I was a little disappointed in is the fact that they kind of reveal MJ knowing that he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like that was something that I would have preferred to see in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that little moment and kind of what leads up to it or what happens after it. You know, they kind of just throw the most important part of that sequence in the trailer. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, I get it. I mean, I'm okay with them putting in the trailer that their relationship's going to develop and they're going to become closer friends or date or whatever. I'm okay with putting that in the trailer, but, like, I don't know. I was a little peeved that her predicting that he's Spider-Man was in the trailer. Yeah, I agree. I do like how he is, like, really torn up about, like, Tony dying. Yeah. I do like that. Um, I, I, one, I really hope they get away from the Infinity War suit. I hope that he doesn't use that. Um, as much, because I I liked it in Infinity War, but I, I honestly I I would like Spider Man to be his own character now, you know. Like he's had the, Iron Spidey. Uh, yeah, like you know, just don't be Iron Spidey, you know, just be Spider Man. Don't like have all these you know heads up display and all this other stuff, you know. Yeah, just because it kind of makes him feel like Iron Man, but at the same time, I'm kind of I don't know. It's still really dope. Like I don't know, the outfit's really dope, yeah. and. It does make him a little bit more, I guess, useful against stronger villains. Like, as long as he's got, like, a strong enough villain, I'm okay with the suit. But, um, you know, I guess if he's kind of doing shit around the neighborhood, it might be a little much. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I, I need to rewatch the trailer. And, I, again, I'm, I'm interested to see because I feel like Nick Fury's kind of a dick in this trailer, right? Yeah, it seems like it. So it's like, is he from that earth is he from our earth is that even really him is he trying to play mysterio is he backstabbing spider-man for some reason like who knows yeah and jake gyllenhaal looks interesting like yeah he looks yeah he looks pretty sick and then like these big monsters that i uh we presume he's controlling look pretty interesting or i guess there's some of it where it looks like he's fighting the big monster in some of these clips yeah instead of like it's like is, is he tr- is he setting that up you know like who are they really yeah i don't i don't know i'm i like really am hyped for it though i, w- I wish it was coming out soon like i would i would see it tomorrow <laughs> yeah i would too what what's the release date again is it june something it's july like 5th it's at that first you know it's i think it's right around that or july 3rd i think it's right before the 4th of july weekend oh god <laughs> What, too far or what? Uh, yeah, too far, because, I mean, what, the only thing coming out between now and then is... Uh, uh, Detective Pikachu this weekend. Yeah, Detective Pikachu dropped. I'm down to see it. John uh, Wick is next weekend. John Wick. So those, those two decent movies. And then, Godzilla uh, uh, Godzilla is coming out the end of May. End of May. Okay, there's something else coming out the end of May that I saw as well. Now I can't remember. Good, good. Good, good. Detective Pikachu opening up on IMDb with a 7.1. Oh, Longshot came out, too. That was the Seth Rogen and Charlie Theron movie I was talking about off-air. It actually has about the same reviews as Detective Pikachu, sitting at a 7.2. The Hustle with um, 
Fat Amy and Anne Hathaway has got bad ratings. Not surprised there. They look like dog shit. And then Captain Marvel is still in theaters. That's kind of like annoying. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it was it's listed before Shazam. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I think the week uh, in game came out. It was like the second or third highest grossing movie that weekend. So basically, <laughs> its numbers went all the way down, and now they went they went back up because everybody wanted to like shotgun that and in game basically. Jeez. So yeah, John Wick three May seventeenth. Uh, looks like a depressing dog movie. Johnny Depp is I guess doing a movie called The Professor. That looks interesting. I heard he like blew all his money. He basically keeps bankrupting himself, and that's why he keeps, keeps working. Yeah, basically. Aladdin will come out May twenty fourth. I I don't know. It's only two hours. If you want to see it and review it, we can. Or if you want to skip it, I'm down. <sighs> yeah, I, we'll we'll see what the reviews are like. I actually probably will see it um, either with Jordan or uh, Poopy, just because they both want to see that movie. Um, really, Jordan wants to see it. It's Jordan's favorite Disney movie, apparently. Okay, that's what's up. Uh, Steven Seagal has another instant classic coming out called General <laughs> Commander, uh, May twenty eighth. Can't wait for that. He looks fat and stupid as ever. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, Godzilla, King of Monsters, May thirty first, and the other movie I couldn't think of was uh, Rocket Man, the Elton John movie with the guy from Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Also comes out May thirty first. I'd be down to see that. And then Dark Phoenix on June 7th. That's going to be a dumpster fire of a movie. I'm still down to see it, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still down to see it, yeah, for sure. For sure. Men in Black International, June 14th with the uh, Ragnarok kids. Nope. Also, you don't want to see that to poop on it? No, well, yeah, we can definitely see the coupon. I'm just talking about, like, quality. No, no way it's good. Oh, quality, no. Okay, and then Shaft, June 14th with Sam Jackson. I'm definitely seeing that. Hopefully that comes out good. Um, Daddy likes him some Shaft. Uh, Am I right? Yeah, you are. All righty. And then July 2nd, uh, Spider-Man. Dope. So, yeah, July 4th weekend or whatever days those land on. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, July 26th, two hours and 45 minutes. Jesus Christ. Mm, that's going to be tough. <laughs> that's probably my second most hyped movie uh, for the summer, I guess, aside from uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man and then I guess Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Kind of what I'm looking forward to the most. Oh, I guess it's Quentin Tarantino, but it's got, I'm not looking forward to it as much, but I love Leo and Margot Robbie and everybody else in the movie. Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt's good. I guess I don't love Brad Pitt, but I like him. And then James Marsden or whatever he's in it too. He's from uh, movies. I know he's in Twenty Seven Dresses, but that's not what I like him in. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's an X Men. X Men. There we go. All right, dude. Let's talk NBA. All right, sports. Sports ball. All right, get your testicles and your testosterone out. We are talking about sports. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I got some note cards here. So, yeah, what what do we want to dive in first? Do we want to uh, talk uh, just kind of general impl- uh, impression of the playoffs this year? How do, you, hey, how do you feel about the playoffs this year? I know sometimes it's a letdown, sometimes it's lit. How are you feeling? They've been pretty good. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I've gone on record on the show, but I do not like LeBron. So didn't have to watch LeBron play this year. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, it has been had- nice having no LeBron. We've had already like three or four uh, game seven series, so that's also really sick. Um, I don't know, just it seems a lot like the talent has seemed more dispersed, and it seems like 
you know, earlier in the season, early in the playoffs, you could see the Celtics going all the way. You could see the Raptors, the Sixers, the Bucks going all the way. Um, the, the West is sort of like, you know, you need a miracle to beat the Warriors. But even them, have they've looked vulnerable. The Clippers series was actually interesting. Um, who would have thought? Uh, so, yeah. Kind of annoying. I, Clippers went the same amount of games with the Warriors that we did. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I, I kind of – I'm not going to say the Rockets are embarrassing or whatever, but I am disappointed in them that they couldn't at least force a game seven with Kevin Durant out, you know. I just – I feel like they could have at least done that. But, you know, it, 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 I think it's more disappointing in the sense that we kind of all know that this is – this was our, like, last shot for a while. Like, we're going to have to restructure the team and – we're gonna have to work on other stuff, you know. Like we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to find another point guard because it's it cannot be Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, I, I feel like I mean I just feel like Chris Paul and James Harden need to be able to play the way Curry and Thompson play. Not ISO ball like ball hogs, basically score without the ball. Yeah, basically, I feel like both of them need to be a little bit more active in their off ball movement, and they need to be better at catch and shoot. Because, you know, neither one of them have a problem with passing. They're both good at passing. They're both good at dribbling. But they just burn too much clock and end up taking an unassisted shot. You know, to me, they can still burn clock if they want, but just have more ball movement and player movement. And, you know, they both need to be willing to do a catch and shoot instead of getting their shot off of a crossover every yeah. time. I mean, yeah. not that they have to stop doing that, but they still need to be able to just get the ball and shoot it instead of, you know, create dribble for 20 seconds, then drive to the lane and take a floater or lob it to Capella. Yeah. Which and is great. Though, I love it. But man, please, we got to find some other way because they can shut that down eventually. Yeah. Well, even Kobe said it. He, you know, he said that, yeah, heart, like, uh, I don't know. I guess it was from the jump or it was, it was basically from the jump because it was Rachel Nichols interviewing and it was like Tracy McGrady and Kobe Bryant. And I only saw like this one clip because, you know, the Rockets lost. So they're playing this clip for you because he's talking about James Harden. I don't know what else was discussed in the interview, but he's just like, yeah, James Harden, Kobe says James Harden's amazing. Uh, but I mean, I just don't think that style of basketball is ever going to win a championship. I mean, it's just too much. Um, like I forget how he words it, but basically like he says too much hero ball. Um, you know, too much isolation, too much on his shoulders, you know, he's is just never going to win um, mm -hmm. in the long term. So I agree with him there. Um, so I mean, they need to revamp it a little bit, but I don't know if we necessarily need to get rid of anybody. Maybe if we could just try to add or, you know, again, maybe just change up the offense a little bit. I mean, since D'Antoni used to run the seven seconds or less sons and, you know, they had a bunch of role players and they're all just passing the ball to each other and getting – dunks and threes you know why why can't we do that yeah I, I i disagree though i think we need to get rid of chris paul like i like chris paul but how I are we just, gonna get rid of him i don't know dude i i don't know that's a good question because i don't think anyone wants him uh just because he's too old and he's he's starting to show it like he's just he's not he's not healthy or he's not playing well in the in the playoffs and i mean i just you know, I, I'm sorry, but I just I think we need another player beside. I mean, if we're not going to get rid of Chris Paul, we do need like another substantial wing player, yeah, like a 
see, I don't know. I don't even like. I don't know who we could get this off season. I, I wouldn't say like Kimball Walker or anyone, but maybe, uh, maybe. I mean, we, would, we would never get him. But I mean, like Clay Thompson, he's gonna be a free agent. You see, know? that would be a perfect piece right there because he can do all the things you just said and not be a total ball hog. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, he would be like a perfect piece. There's other free agents out there. I don't know if we'd be able to get any of them. Uh, and I agree with you. I'm not going to act like Chris Paul's perfect. But, like, to me, like, when I, when I watched him play, like, he's really not slow. Like, he, to me, he still has it. He still has all the necessary tools. I'm not going to act like his age isn't a problem, though, because, yes, he is older. And he's been plagued with injury for the last few years anyway. So, as you get older, you can't expect his injuries to get less because it just doesn't make sense that way. So I get all of those concerns, but like to me, he still can hoop. The biggest problem he has is the fact he just doesn't get the ball enough. You know, he, you know, when he gets the ball, he might not have seen it the last five possessions. James Harden might've taken five shots in a row before Chris ball gets a turn. Mm -hmm. And I just wish our offense didn't run that way. To me, if our offense was just a little bit more fluid, just a little bit more, again, ball movement, player movement, he would maybe, have better stats because he's getting to touch the ball more instead of having to wait his turn. You know, Harden's bricked three in a row, and they're like, "All right, Chris, well, you give it a try in the pick and roll." And he might get a dime or a mid-range jumper, and or he might miss because he hasn't shot it in ten minutes. So I, I don't know. Uh, it'd be we got to, we have to make changes for sure because obviously this was our this was last year was our year this was this year was our year and we didn't do it either year. So do you think we could have beaten? Let's say we had to play the Blazers or the Nuggets. Do you think we could have beaten them? You know, I haven't respected either one of those teams. I haven't respected any team in the West besides the Warriors and the Rockets. So, like, to me, like, we whoever won our series is going to win the West is the way that I've always seen it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just because, I don't know. I just, I feel like... The reason why the uh, the other series in the West are so close is because all those teams are about the same caliber. To me, the Warriors and the Rockets are below. Yeah, they're like tier two, and the Warriors and Rockets are tier one. Like they're the premier team. And I mean, to me, the premier teams are Rockets, Warriors, and like Bucks, Raptors. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Sixers if they can pull out and beat the Raptors Mm -hmm. in Game Seven. But to yeah. me, those are like the four best teams. Everybody else is just, you know, below that. And so, like, the Nuggets went seven games with the Spurs, who True. were lucky to be there. And now they're going seven games with the Blazers, who are missing their, you know, third best player. And, you know, Dame and CJ haven't had, like, a ton of success in the playoffs before. I mean, they're struggling to get out of the first round most years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, neither one of them have ever played a game seven. Neither one of them have. This is going to be their their first game seven ever. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it, it's just too – not that they're bad teams, but I don't know. I just feel like whichever one wins, I feel like they're going to get gentlemen sweeps by the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And I don't I – don't, I, I just feel like the Rockets took them six because the Rockets are a good team, and the Clippers took them six just because they're – Caught them off guard. Yeah, grimy and dirty and caught them off guard to me the warriors or to me the blazers and the nuggets are too soft and don't have enough uh strong defense to handle um the warriors because they're going to try to outscore the warriors and they're just they're not going to do it you know the rockets at least like slowed 
the pace down. But basically, the Rockets and the Clippers slowed the pace down and tried to get the Warriors to play half court and play against their strengths. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers obviously had Patrick Beverly and just were very dirty and just, you know, just played very gritty defense and played really slower paced basketball. The Blazers and the Nuggets play up tempo and they want to score and move the ball and this and that. And the Warriors are the kings of that. So I just feel like either one of those teams is going to get gentlemen sweeped by the Warriors. But I could be wrong. I could be dead wrong. I hope I am. But I'm, I, I get the feeling that they're going to get blown out. So who do you think they're going to play in the East? Bucks. Bucks, yeah. You think they're? Do you agree with any of this, or what? What's your thoughts? Well, what do you what do you think about the two game sevens tomorrow? I mean, obviously, by the time this goes up, it probably won't be relevant. But who do you think is going to win that series? Do you think the Do you think the Nuggets, or do you think the Toronto is going to pull it out? Like, who do you think is going to play the Bucks and the Warriors, basically? Okay, so all of my predictions would be uh, I'm taking the safe bet and picking the Nuggets over the Blazers, even though I want the Blazers to win just because I like Damian Lillard. But actually, I like both teams. I just don't think either one of them is going to give a nice. I think the, I think the Blazers have a better chance uh, to beat the Warriors. I'm not saying they have a great chance, but I just think they have a better chance because I think Damian Lillard's having the best postseason of any player so far. Besides Kawhi. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi's playing great. I just, I mean, I just, I've liked what I've seen from Lillard more because it's more flashy. No, because he's, you know, he's hitting that three and saying goodbye to Westbrook and stuff like that. Like, I've just enjoyed that more. But yeah, I guess there's an argument that Kawhi as well. Um, I would like to see that. Yeah, I think the Nuggets are probably gonna uh, pull it out, and I think the the Raptors are probably gonna pull it out too. And I, I kind of hope both those teams win. Um, I think the Sixers, if they were healthy, would be a great challenge to the Bucks. But um, I, I don't know what the deal is with Embiid. I feel like he's injured for a different reason every single time he gets on the court. So it's just, which is really annoying. I don't, I don't understand how he's so. I get he's a big dude and everything, but like, why is he so injury prone? You know, is he yeah. not taking care of himself? Is he? I don't know. Like, what, what, what is his issue? Are they playing him too many minutes or what? Well, he is, I don't know, he's that big, too. I mean, Yao basically had random injuries like that all the time just because he's so big. And so maybe that's Embiid's problem. His body just can't support how big he is. Um, I don't know. But uh, the East, to me, is a lot tighter uh, than than the West is right now. Um, because, again, I think the Nuggets will probably win. And, again, whichever team wins, I'm happy for them because I do like both teams. I don't think they're going to challenge the Warriors. And the Warriors are going to win that series, go to the finals. And then on the East, though, I like all – I like the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Sixers. I think they all have a chance against each other for different reasons because, to me, the Sixers have a ton of star power if they can just play together. And they have a ton of size, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Simmons, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid are all pretty good-sized dudes, and they're all pretty good at defense. So I feel like – you know, they can handle the Bucks in a way because anytime somebody needs to switch on Giannis, ideally the person switching is also a pretty good-sized dude. Hmm. Uh, so, like, if they had – I don't know who they would match up on Giannis, like who would ideally be guarding him. I don't know if it would be Simmons, if it would be Butler because he's the best defender, but obviously Butler's going to give up some height. And Bede has the most height, but he's the slowest. So I don't know how they're going to handle that. But, like, ideally in the half court, to me, any one of those four guys could guard Giannis – in the half court at least, and try to maybe slow him down or make things less easy for him. But then at the same time, the Raptors have a good chance against the Bucks because Kawhi's like the, one of the best defenders ever. 
and he's been so consistent. I mean, he's shooting like they basically said the stats that he's putting up haven't been done like since Jordan in one playoff series against the Cavs. You know, he's averaging like 30 something a game, shooting like 60 and 40 percent from like the field and from three or just something ridiculous like that. Like his numbers have been outrageous. Um, but to Jeez. me, the Raptors have just the Raptors have just been known for choking, though. That to me is their their biggest problem. It's not Kawhi though. It's Kyle Lowry and and Siakam and all these other guys that haven't shown up. Marcus Gasol, I thought was an amazing addition for them, and he hasn't done shit the entire playoffs. Um, True, but they have the star power too if their stars can show up. And so, I still think it's probably going to come down to Bucks Warriors. I know that's the safe bet, both the one seeds, and I want to say that the Bucks can challenge them, but. I don't know. I, I see the Raptors winning, and I see the Nuggets winning, and then I see it being Warriors Bucks in the finals with the Warriors ultimately winning. Uh, and I would say I would say it's six. I give the Bucks two games. I don't think they'll wow. get gently swept, but I, I think the Warriors can probably do it in six. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even give them six. But yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope it's seven. I hope somehow they win. Um, although I do. You, do you still think that Harden should get the MVP over Giannis? I mean, it's a regular season award, so yeah. Okay. Uh, the playoffs don't change my opinion if it's a regular season award. Now, that's why they should add more awards to the NBA. They should add, if they have an, a defensive player of the year, add an offensive player of the year. That or make the MVP the offensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And then they should have a playoffs MVP and a finals MVP because – Right now, you could make the argument that, you know, I would say that guys that have, you know, most like if I were to give a playoff MVP to me, the guys in the running for that would be Dame, you know, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard and um, uh, Jimmy Butler, maybe mm-hmm. uh, to me, those three guys have like stood out the most in the playoffs and probably done the most for their teams. And you could throw Giannis in there as well. He's, you know, he's been great. But at the same time, to me, they haven't had to play anybody because the Pistons were a walk in the park. And the Celtics ended up being a walk in the park, I guess, because of their dysfunction. Yeah, they look they've like been really disappointing, honestly. Yeah, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But, yeah, to me, their dysfunction made them an easy team because they looked like shit after game one. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the Bucks have, I think, had the most, like, 20-point playoff victories, like, in a playoff, you know, whatever, like, in a playoff run, I guess. Like, they're blowing out teams but that's also because they haven't really played anybody yet so i'm interested to see how they handle the raptors and the sixers yeah if they provide a challenge or if they're gonna if they blow out the raptors or the sixers then i would say they could definitely challenge the warriors but i and i would i want them i would want them to win i don't know if they will though mm-hmm. so what do you want you want to talk about offseason stuff now is that what yeah, you're alluding you anything to anything else on the playoffs i mean no I, I think it's i think it's a i mean i don't know if it's the best season of the playoffs ever, but I mean, it's, it's really, it's really fun to watch. And, you know, we're getting, we're getting like a bunch of game sevens competitive, like really awesome, like buzzer beating plays, you know, we're getting overtime games four overtime, uh, yeah. game, you know, and I feel like the, the competition is a lot more, uh, equally divided. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year where I think it'll be even more divided. Although I think the Rockets will be, pretty bad and maybe not even make the playoffs um you really don't think we'll make the playoffs next year i mean dude i just i'm i'm feeling like i'm just feeling like our our age is gonna start to catch up to us um you know i I know we're not like super old or anything it's just 
I really just doubt. I really doubt Chris Paul. I really just. I doubt it. You know. I just. I think he's going to be a problem, and the Rockets are going to sort of get in their own way because they're going to be struggling. You know, early on in the season, like they did this season, um, but they're not going to be able to pull it out. And I just. I, I think morale is going to be down because I just. I don't know how many times you can lose to the Warriors. You know, in the playoffs and. Yeah, you know, and you know. But if the Warriors essentially break up in any kind of way, I mean, if they at least lose KD, I don't know, you know, what else is going to happen to their off season. But depending on what happens in the off season for us or them, there might still be hope there. And I, I just don't see us being able to get rid of Chris Paul. I can't think of anybody that would be dumb enough to take him. You know, because we're paying him like forty million. Like I just can't think of anybody that wants to pay him that much money when he's that old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's a, it's a predicament. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. The off season is definitely going to be interesting, which, um, I guess the, the worst in the NBA right now, I mean, who would have thought that somebody could be doing worse than like teams like the Knicks and, uh, the Suns and, <sighs> Uh, just other teams that are, you know, notoriously bad over these last few years. And now joining them is the Lakers. They have been a shit show for probably pretty much most of the season, but it's really ramped up into a shit storm like the last month or two. With the fans protesting and the I mean, coach starting and all from, that. I heard, I basically heard in detail, like the sequence of events, like Magic Johnson told the media first that he was resigning. Like he didn't tell the team. He didn't tell LeBron. He didn't tell Lonzo. He didn't tell anybody except the media that he was, you know, stepping down. So that's like a huge, like F you. Mm-hmm. And then they just spiraled downhill from there. They like finally fired Luke Walton, who apparently magic wanted to fire to begin with, but never did. So magic quits. And then they finally fire Luke Walton. And he's getting charged with like sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was interesting. And, um, and then they like mess up hiring Ty Lu. They like slap him in the face and basically offer him like a three year, $18 million contract, which apparently is a slap in the face because LeBron only has three years left on his contract. So they're basically just saying, yeah, we'll just put you with LeBron and it's whatever. And apparently the standard coaching contract is five years, X amount of dollars. Like apparently that's like standard procedure. Like they're like, yeah, even Luke Walton got five years. So like, why are you not giving Ty Lue like a normal contract if he's a technically a championship coach? Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was a huge mess up. And then they like promoted, I guess, Rob Polinka, you know, former agent now turned general manager. I guess they promoted him to magic spot or they still have him doing like more responsibility than before now. And he's only got one or two years of experience. And apparently he's the one who botched the Ty Lue deal. And, um, they can't seem to attract any free agents. They've got the, like the most ragtag team ever. Their fans are protesting and LeBron seems kind of pissed. Like LeBron and Lonzo like talked about it on their HBO show or it's LeBron's HBO show called the shop. And I know there's a lot of buzz around that episode. Apparently like, you know, he seems pretty unhappy. He's talking a lot of shit and it just kind of, it's kind of amazing how like this didn't work out. Like I, I feel like a lot of people aren't like, I guess making a big deal of the fact that like, you know, LeBron going to the Lakers was supposed to be like the most epic thing ever. And, and like, I don't think anyone predicted that it would be this big of a shitstorm. or am I wrong there? No, I think you're right. I think people are sort of overlooking that. I think it's, I, I, 
You know I what I mean? Know. Like, what if he stayed in Cleveland or went anywhere else? He'd be better off, for the honestly, because I can't think of a team in a better spot than the or a worse spot than the Lakers. Like, true, like to being honest with you, because they've got this superstar LeBron who's basically running the show and is making, you know, you know, he, he's he's sucking up a lot of cap space, but he's also he's running the show because, you know, he wants to win a championship super badly, and he's. He's basically demanding it, and you've got to provide that with him like as soon as possible because he doesn't have that much long like longer in his career. He probably play out the rest of this contract and it's over with. But then no one wants to play with him. So how do you make a championship team around that? And then you know you've got your fans revolting who are always in hide. You know they always have high expectations because they've had like Kobe and Shaq and Wilt and Magic and all these other like you know they've had so many championships. So they've always you know, they have high expectations and. The Lakers haven't really been anything in like five seasons, so you know they're getting impatient. So there's, you know, they got all these expectations, all these things working against him. The Magic thing, him quitting is just like, how bad is it over there? Because you know, like whenever he went and recruited LeBron, like he was there recruiting him. You know, he was like, yeah, you and me, we're in this together. We're gonna get this done. Like, we're gonna get a championship in. Like, um, like, but then he just, you know, he's out of here. And in a year into the deal, he's he's out of there. You know. Like what? How bad is it over? Is he just tired of the expectations? You know, because that's another thing is the media is all about you know L.A. But they're also all about LeBron. So it's just double whammy. You're gonna have all these questions every night, and it's so annoying too. Um, like just to see, you know, we're in the playoffs, and there's still talk about the Lakers and LeBron every single day on first take or whatever. You know, it's yeah. just it's so it's exhausting. Like I. I really am just tired of hearing about them. Like nothing's even happening most days. You know, there's there's all these scandals and everything, but it doesn't need to be talked about every single day. But it's talked about every single day. You know, every every day there's speculation and like all this stuff of like, oh man, they they couldn't they can't trade LeBron. Like no one wants him. Like why would no one want LeBron? And like they really can't trade LeBron because I don't think anyone wants him at all, honestly. I Isn't mean, that kind of weird? Like, how weird is that, that the best player in the NBA can't get people to play with him and also can't get a team to be interested in him? Like, I, I it's kind of baffling to me. Like, what, what has changed? Is it because he's that dominant in terms of, like, attention and getting the ball? Like, what's the big problem? Well, he's a prima donna, and they just, you know, yeah, teams true. are just like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with his... You know, I gotta have this coach, and I gotta have, you know, I gotta have all that. And, players, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I gotta have everything my way. And you know, when I was 26, I'm gonna complain about how many minutes I'm playing. Like, who's to say I won't do that now? You know, if you're playing me too many minutes, and you know, it's just you know, no one wants that added stress when they could just, you know, you know, hope from the draft or try to get someone like KD, who's gonna be, who himself has kind of turned into a prima donna a little bit. Yeah. But um, you know. But his way less, I mean, way more low maintenance, and you're not going to have near as much pressure. You know, you're just when you, when you get LeBron, you're asking someone like, just we have a target on our back. Like, the media is going to be talking about every single game we play, and most teams would want that because it's like, yeah, we can make some more money. Like, people are going to be more interested in merch and all that stuff. But no one, you know, no one wants all that every single day. That you know, they lose one game, and it's like. You know, first take is just, you know, oh, the season's over. And then, like, the next day they win, like, LeBron's the greatest, you know. I would say that's, like, yeah. one takeaway I have from these playoffs is, like, I'm really getting tired of particularly first take and just everyone in general, how every game, you know, there's just an overreaction to it. And I get it, you know, to get clickbait and all that stuff. But it's just I'm so tired 
of reading it. It's so annoying. Like, it's just, can you just stick to opinion? Like, do you really have to say, like, every game, you know, Damian Lillard is unstoppable, and then the next game is the Joker, and, you know, the rest of the Nuggets are the best, you know, the best team in the NBA. Like, you know, it's just, like, come on. Like, it's fine just to have, you know, an opinion somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. And I, um, uh, the Lakers. Oh, but yeah, LeBron. He, I just, uh, he should have stayed in Cleveland, uh, in my opinion. Looking, I mean, but I guess it's all hindsight. I mean, I guess at the time the Lakers might have been the move, but uh, if I were him, like, you should have stayed in Cleveland. You're the hometown hero, you know. The East is way easier still. Yeah, the East is generally easier. They could still be, they could have probably been, you know, fifth or sixth. They probably could have made the Eastern Conference, you know, finals, maybe. Um, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I, it just seems like a waste. And then the Lakers, the other thing I heard about the Lakers that I do agree with that I find interesting is they're plagued by having everything run by, you know, former Lakers, Lakers for life. Like, they have way too many, you know, just inside people. Like, they don't have any outside influences. Like, every everybody they've been hiring, basically, is a former Laker Everybody they're targeting for all these jobs are former Lakers, and it's like, you know, there are other people out there. Like, maybe having all Lakers on your staff is not the answer because, you know, you guys are doing an awful job. And, like, hiring Magic, you know, Magic's like the ultimate Laker aside from, you know, Kareem and Kobe. But he's, like, one of the most infamous Laker players. But that doesn't mean he's good at the job. I mean, I I think I heard that he, like, basically didn't do the job. Like, that's why he quit because – he probably just agreed to do it because he's like, yeah, I'm going to work for the Lakers. I'm a Laker for life. I'm going to get LeBron. Everything's going to be cool. I just get to kick back and, you know, tell players to come play for us, and that's it. And it turns out there was probably – I think that I think that's basically what happened is he thought it was going to be a little bit more – Easy. Chill, yeah, easier or chill or whatever, and it's not that easy, and there's probably a lot more work to it that he didn't realize. And he was like, yo, like, screw this. I'm out. Because that's basically what happened. And – I just heard he did a crappy job while he was there. He was kind of like, um, you know, George W. Bush in office. He was always at the ranch in Texas. He was never at the White House. Like, he was just dicking around all the time. I don't know. That's what I heard from somewhere. Okay, so what do you think about this offseason? Where do you think people are going, and do you think it matters? Mainly Clay and KD and Kyrie. Um, so I think it does matter. I'm hoping that this is going to be, I mean, generally speaking in the NBA, it's very rare that we have an off season that isn't pretty eventful. I mean, I think there's been a few years here and there just because there hasn't been big time free agents, Mm -hmm. but most of the time the off season in the NBA is sometimes just as exciting as like the season itself. Yeah. Um, just all the what ifs and what could be. And, um, so I, I think it's going to be a pretty epic one. I'm hoping that whatever happens, it just kind of evens out the league to where things aren't just so cut and dry, like this team's going to win, and these teams are going to be good and on the rise, but it doesn't matter, um, that kind of stuff. I kind of, I'm hoping for a more uh, even playing field. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of hyping up the Knicks right now to maybe land Kyrie and KD, or maybe just one of them, but I don't know if they would play well together. Um, a lot of people are talking about, you know, all the possibilities. Like the Celtics basically kind of have a lot of influence in this offseason because they have a lot of people that are going to be free agents. And, um, you know, like they have like Kyrie, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, 
like a good chunk of their roster is like essentially could change mm-hmm. uh, this off season. And so, like, there's just a lot of debate on, you know, is Kyrie going to go to New York? Because if he goes to New York, he's going to New York for nothing. You know, he'd be signing as a free agent. So the Celtics get nothing in return is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so so a lot of people are suggesting, okay, do they sign and trade? Do they coordinate with another team, sign Kyrie to a deal, and then trade him to that team? That way they get something in return. Or do they sign him and give him another try, and then they trade him if it doesn't work out? And so those are like possibilities there, um, you know, and so basically if he stays, Terry Rozier is going to leave. If he leaves, Terry Rozier might stay uh, because basically he doesn't want to, Terry Rozier doesn't want to play behind Kyrie anymore. He wants to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a factor. Everyone's saying KD's going to leave like regardless. Um, so to me, wherever he goes makes it more interesting because hopefully he'll make a team better and he'll make the Warriors hopefully worse. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens to DeMarcus Cousins because technically he got re-injured, so I don't know if he'll stay with the Warriors because nobody's going to want to sign him again, like the same thing that happened to him, why he ended up on the Warriors in the first place. Yeah. So does that make them better or worse by keeping him? Because technically their stats were worse when he was playing. Like when he, when he was on the floor, they were not as good. Yeah, I think that's sort of BS, though. I mean, even if his stats are good, technically their overall like team rating isn't better. But I mean... Like you said, it could be just BS because he is a star player. Like, why would you not want him over, like, Kevon Looney? Like, I'd rather have Cousins all day. Yeah, but, it gives, just gives you options, you know? I mean, you exactly. can you go run run a big man or a traditional lineup. I mean, even against even if against, you're, like, playing the Rockets, like, in, you can lock down Capella and no one, you know, no one can really do anything about it. But I guess it does make you slower. Yeah, so, I mean, so I'm interested to see what happens uh, with the Warriors there. I'm hoping... I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind KD leaving either because I feel like wherever he goes, I'll be able to be a fan of his again. Because I, I've always liked KD. I like the way he plays, but it's so hard being a fan of him when he's on the Warriors. So, um, I know. I remember. I remember when he signed. You like had a picture on Snapchat, and like I'd burn it, but it was a gift, and it was like a picture of his jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Um, I mean, I don't even know if I really buy into the whole jersey burning thing is more of a joke for sure but yeah i feel like i'd be a fan if he um you know if he went somewhere else and you know if he goes to the knicks if the if the knicks get this dream situation that people are talking about of Kyrie, kd and drafting zion and they already have kevin knox there and they're overpaying tim hardaway i mean yeah they might have a nice little team there but who knows? So that's going to be something to see. I don't get why anybody wants to go there if there's such a dysfunctional franchise. To me, it's like going to the East Coast Lakers. It just makes no sense to me why somebody would want to go there. But they also said Kyrie, for example, wouldn't go to like the Nets because they're going to you know, invest in D'Angelo Russell. And a lot of people are kind of starting to say that Kyrie you know, might not be ideal anymore. He might have too much baggage. He might kind of be the same problem that LeBron has, you know, to where he's a great player, but nobody really wants to play with him. And he, he says too much to the media. He's a little too, uh, I see that honestly, a little, little too talky and a little too demandy. Uh, apparently he had a bad relationship with the young guys on his team because he was calling them out. So apparently they don't, you know, they, they kind of want him out of there. So, I mean, I'm, it's, I don't know what's going to happen, but to me, the biggest things revolve around the Lakers, Knicks and Warriors this off season. Oh, and the Celtics. I think those four teams, are going to be kind of like the biggest factors of how this offseason plays out. And then I know big free agents like 
you know, Clay Thompson, if KD leaves, does Clay Thompson resign with the Warriors? I would say yes, but at the same time, he might go to the Lakers because his dad used to play there and he's always wanted to be a Lakers. So, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, does he go to the Lakers when they're this dysfunctional? Like, wouldn't it be more ideal to stay at the Warriors if KD's gone? Yeah. So, what do you think about Anthony Davis? That's what it was. That, thank you. Um, so they're talking about Anthony Davis still going to the Celtics. So the Celtics have all these pieces to where they could still get Anthony Davis, but then apparently he still doesn't necessarily want to go there. And then they're talking about how he probably definitely wouldn't want to go there if Kyrie's not there, because if he's going to go to a different team and try to win, like ideally he's going to need some other star power there. And if they lose their best player, like why would he want to go there? Because I don't know. I mean, they, they might still be a good team with him if they kept him and Horford and Rozier and Smart. Like, that's still a good team. I don't know if it's, you know, top three in the East. I don't know if they're better than the Sixers or Raptors or Bucks. but mm-hmm. what do you think about Anthony Davis? Uh, I don't know. He's not going to be easy, right? He's trying to get traded. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he becomes, I think he becomes a free agent at the at the end of this next season, so... I think they'll probably try to trade him around the trade deadline. It's just I don't know what team's gonna get him and be able to do anything with it, with him, you know, without you know giving up the farm basically. Um, because I know the Lakers were in talks for a while, but I kind of doubt they're gonna do that anymore. Um, it's, it's, dude, same with Kawhi. Kawhi's going to be a free agent too, right? Yeah. So I think Kawhi, Kimball Walker, and Chris Middleton are other like big time free agents and i heard the mavs are trying to go for like kimba and chris middleton or one of them or both of them or so that'll be interesting to see if either one of those guys like move or leave mm-hmm. yeah um, I, I think why is another one too i think if the if, if if the raptors go to the eastern conference finals you know is that good enough to keep him there or is he gone it's so hard to tell dude he like he has no emotion at all at any time like it's so yeah. hard to tell like what he really wants and what he wants to do like he for some reason, like everybody was saying, like yeah, he's you know he's got a he really wants to live in L.A. or whatever, and like you know that's like that's where he wants to be. But I just I don't see it. You know I don't see how that is him at all. He doesn't seem like that kind of person at all. But well, if he goes to L.A., he should go to the Clippers. I mean, unless team, yeah, unless the Lakers can somehow turn it around now that they've gone through. I mean, they've gone through so much bad shit. You think at some point they're finally going to pick up the pieces and get back to being respectable, but I don't know. I mean, that, that's um, that's what's really interesting is I can I want to see like when, um, when and if a team is able to get two of these guys because to me you need two of them if you're going to be a great great team and not just make the playoffs. Yeah. Because, and I don't know who can do that. I did see this thing like from Stephen A. Smith where he was like, I've got it like a 95%. I've heard from sources that there's a 95% chance that uh, Kyrie and KD go to the Knicks. Yeah. So, I mean, you never know what he's like, if he's just doing that for buzz or whatnot. I hope it's true. If if that's true, I'll become a Knicks fan. Like I'm down, I'm down to become a Knicks fan, but. Can you imagine that combo Kyrie and KD? That would be nuts. It would be, but would it be good? Like, they're both, I don't know, they're both ISO ball-dominant players. Not that Kyrie can't get 10 assists in a game, because he kind of did it quite a bit with the Celtics. He didn't do it as much with the Cavs, but, I I mean, 
I, I, I don't know. Uh, unless the coach can, you know, get them kind of playing an unselfish style of basketball. And, um, and that's the other thing too, is like if Kyrie and KD went to the Knicks, like, God, I wish Porzingis was still on the Knicks. Like that would be so dope to have Kyrie, KD, Kevin Knox and Porzingis, like as four of your starting five. And I guess Tim Hardaway, a shooting guard, like that's a pretty solid starting five right there. Yeah. Um, but that's if they get Zion. So we're, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see the off season in the draft. Uh, I'm, really kind of dying to see how that how all that plays out and i'm just however it plays out i'm hoping that big stars get moved around to where like there's just even tighter competition than there was this year but because like the you know the conferences in both conferences were actually pretty tight like one through ten for the Mm -hmm. most part like there was some you know respectable play there by like the top 10 teams in each conference it's just you know you had clear-cut number ones and yeah those clear-cut number ones are the heavy favorites, and they'll probably be in the finals, and the Warriors will probably win. So <laughs> that's all. That's what it all comes down to: is can we avoid a Warriors like another championship at all costs? Yeah, see, that's what I've always loved about—not that I've loved it, but that's what I've always kind of liked about the NFL is it's just it's less predictable. There's greater chance for other teams to get into the playoffs. You know, Cinderella stories, teams you didn't expect to get there. Yeah, uh, like the wild team, cards. Like who can? I think the nine lowest... and seven Giants. You know, the Giants going nine and seven and won a Super Bowl that year, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the like the the Seahawks were like seven and nine one year, and they beat um they beat like the Saints or something. Like they they went far. The Packers did it. They were the fifth seed. Uh, the Steelers did it. They were like the fifth seed as well. Like. So they had to play every game on the road, technically, if you include the Super Bowl. And, like, um, like you still have teams like the Patriots, like, who have been to the AFC Championship, like, nine times or something. But because it's only one game, like, they've lost some of those. They've lost to, like, the Colts and, uh, you know, the Broncos and, like, other teams that are, you know, really good. But they're, you know, still – it's not like just this dominance of, like, going to the Super Bowl every year, you know. Yeah, and that's essentially what I was getting at. I mean, every Super Bowl, there's at least one team that's different. You know, most of the time the Patriots have been the most consistent. And so, you know, they've been kind of that that X factor. But at least it wasn't like, you know, in the NBA where we had, you know, Warriors-Cavs four years in a row. I mean, that doesn't happen in the NFL. It's always like a different team or two different teams. Really, the Patriots have been the only ones that have been consistently – going deep in the playoffs and winning the most Super Bowls. And that's about to probably come to an end unless they find somebody to replace you know, Tom. Re- yeah. Replace Tom. And I mean, they still have to, I feel like their other positions kind of get worse every year and they're just kind of skating by on Tom Brady and experience. But I mean, I don't know enough about football either. I just appreciate the fact that, you know, at least the, the playoffs are always, you know, who's going to make the playoffs and who's going to go deep in the playoffs are a lot less predictable for the mm-hmm. most part in the NFL, like a lot of times. And you have a lot of teams winning um, winning the Super Bowl for the first time. You're like You don't have a lot of teams in the NBA winning a championship for the first time, really. I mean, like yeah. you had you had the Seahawks do it in 2014. Uh, you, had the, you had the L.A. Rams go for the first time in like 50 years or something this past year. They lost. But then you had the Eagles the year before. They won it for the first time. The Panthers went in 2015 for the first time. Like... All these teams going, the Falcons went um, for like the first time in like 30 years. Like, you have all these teams. Like, can you imagine the Bobcats or someone going to the championship or at this point, even the Knicks? You know? Yeah. It's just, exactly. it's, it's annoying. It is. And I, um, I'm kind of hoping that they also maybe 
Uh, maybe shorten the regular season if they need to, or uh, maybe at least make the first round of the playoffs a five-game series instead of a seven-game series. Um, just little things like that, but mm. I don't yeah. know. All right, do you want to close it out with a rap review? Yep, definitely. So we're going to be talking about Homicide and just a little fun fact around it. Um, I don't know if they're becoming like buddies or if they're just kind of interacting on social media, but at the end of Homicide, you know, we've talked about it. They have uh, Chris D'Elia, a comedian who's, you know, basically made fun of Eminem on a couple of different videos, basically making fun of his like rap style and cypher style. Um He's got like a video of him doing it in his garage, a video of him doing it in his car, and he might even have like a third one out there. And so basically Eminem kind of took like a best of and thought, you know, he thought it was hilarious. And so he like took a best of and put it at the end of the song. And so, you know, he liked it. Chris D'Elia liked it. And now apparently I think one of them, I want to say maybe it was M, but either way, it's maybe it's kind of mutual. But basically they've challenged each other to a rap battle now. Like mm-hmm. that's been thrown out there that they're going to rap battle and – Yada yada. So, uh, however that works out, I hope it. I hope it happens because either it, it'll be funny or it'll be epic or it'll be both. Um, you know, it'd be kind of great if Chris D'Elia like just came with, you know, uh, they like he took a photo of it. Whenever I think M challenged him, and Chris D'Elia like had a photo of like him opening his car trunk and it's like full of napkins because in the. <sighs> In the cipher thing that he's making fun of, he's like using way too many napkins, 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 and he just like does all that. So he's got like a trunk full of napkins, and he goes, "It's on, bro. I ain't scared. Like bring, you know, bring it on, Slim Shady." And so it's a friendly kind of beef. Yeah, because he's like, "I'm not scared. Bring it on, Slim Shady." Hashtag Eminem. Hashtag Logic. Hashtag Homicide. Like, you know what I mean? He's like promoting the song. So yeah, he's. It's a friendly thing. They, um, like I said, I mean, apparently, I'm surprised because M. You know, he's kind of been notorious for getting offended at little things. Like, he's always been somebody to, like, get offended and talk shit to anybody that talks shit to him. But a lot of times it'll be, like, the most minor things that he'll, like, blow out of proportion. And I was really surprised that he actually enjoyed – because it's not like Chris D'Elia was, like, pooping on him. But it's not like he was being nice to him either. I mean, technically he was making fun of him. And it just so happened that M thought it was funny and that makes it all okay. I mean – I mean, to me, it was like a 75% chance that I thought M was going to be yeah. pissed and like go, hey, yo, fuck Chris D'Elia. Who are you, man? You're just a fucking worthless comedian. I've sold, you know, 100 million, 100 billion albums, like, you know, two two diamond albums, like, suck my dick. You know what I mean? I just figured that could have happened. I was very surprised that he thought it was funny and, you know, basically engaged with it, and it just kind of keeps going. So I hope it does. I hope they do some kind of joke rap battle or Chris D'Elia, like, jokes, and Eminem actually raps, like, eight miles, so it's, like, best of both worlds. It's funny and cool. Like, I don't know. I hope it happens, though. Yeah. So what do you think about the song? Uh, I think it's fantastic. I, didn't I talk about it on the last episode? I can't remember if I've talked. I know I've talked about it off air. I didn't know if I've already talked about it on air. Yeah, I know. I was just, I, we, we, you gave it a fuego. I was just wondering if you had any other thoughts on it. I, I really like it. Uh, it is really fast. Um and I do like the. I think it's funny that they poke fun of each other, and he do, he included the skit at the end. But I skip it every time, just because I've I've heard it, you know, once or twice, and I'm good. <laughs> oh, definitely. Because it's a very hard right turn from you know, insane like lyrical, ridiculously good battle rap to just a guy just talking silently and like rambling on. It's very like Ken Kniff. Um, I get those vibes from it. 
But uh, yeah, the song is freaking awesome. I love his line about like foul lines and like a free throw. Mm-hmm. I uh, just I love how he continues to just dump on people who don't write their own music. Like it's like I want to fucking listen to to you spit your raps someone else wrote or whatever. Like, yep. Just really love how he dumps on everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a great song. <laughs> It is a great song, and I agree with you there. M's got like back-to-back lines there that I love. The uh, like you said, um, oh, I'm just gonna look it up because I know I'm gonna say it wrong. Uh, Beast mode, motherfuckers, about to get hit with so many foul lines. You'll think I'm a free throw. Uh, figured it's about time for people to eat crow. You about to get outrhymed. How could I be dethroned? I stay on my toes like the repo a behemoth in sheep's clothes. From the east to the west, ethos on the goat. Okay, he keeps going on. Just not, oh, here's what he's like. But you don't want to hear me spit the facts. Your shit is ass like a tailbone or you're trapped in your cell phone. And I was like, oh, yeah, like that is, I don't know. Just, I just like that line. Um, and then he goes on to say, yeah, I don't want to listen to the your rap someone else wrote. Um, and then I do like Logic's line at the beginning um, <clears throat> where he – uh let's see here kind of a just a lot of bars here now logic gets a little repetitive but i do like uh at the beginning he's like but i'm full of innovation i'm tired of all this high school he's cool he's not rap shit can a single one of you motherfuckers even rap shit not to diss to the game this is a gas to the flame um so like i don't know i appreciate that he's like not trying to diss the rap game but he's trying to get like everybody gassed up to like actually bring bars and stop you know just being cool and saying shit that, you know, is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, not a diss to the game, it's a gas to the flame. Nowadays, everybody shit sound the same. Shit's lame. Like a moth to the flame, I'm going to reel them in and kill them. I uh, know you're feeling this lyricism. I'm spilling them, feeling them, killing myself. And he just keeps going, like, and it's, I don't know, it's really sick. So I think both of them really came with it hard here. Um, but like I said, it is it's a little quick. I, I do wish that they'll do another song. Um but I do love the uh, the beat too. I love the uh, the slim shady, and they like you know when he does it at the end of the first verse and the second verse, and then like so him does it again to like bring himself in. I think that's a really like sick entrance because I'm not a huge fan of like I love it when rappers collab and they go back and forth. I'm not a huge fan of like hey I'll do my part and then we'll do your part like mm-hmm. and that's what they do on this song. But I do at least like the transition between their parts that makes it a little bit better because i love it like when you know bad meets evil is like the best example of when they just like go back and forth like verse for verse or sometimes they'll like any interrupt each other's verse and like jump in and out so like, great. I, I love that yeah so and uh what's it called uh that's all she wrote uh, yeah with ti and then when they do it back and forth that's like the one of the few examples i've seen of it where they do that and it's not bad meets evil honestly and that was yeah. like 10 years ago it was. I mean, and other rappers do it. It's not as common, but whenever they do that, I'm like, yo, this is like so much better. And it just makes it feel like, you know, they actually collab together on it. And uh, normally it just makes the song better if they kind of influence each other's parts. But what do I know? But I'm just, yeah, I'm glad they finally did a song together. I'd, I'd still give it a fuego. And it sounds like you and, uh, you and Gamble are really liking it. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, you got anything else to say before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. I was trying to find another um, M line that I liked here, but 
I can't. So. Take your time. Take your time. Thank you. Uh, we can break down Chris D'Elia's bars. Look what I'm planning. I'm planning. I'm planning to do all this while you're panicking. You're looking over staring at mannequins, and I'm going to Fanigans trying to get a plan against all the Balanic and Nancy Cam fan Bannigans. <laughs> I liked uh, how I liked how Eminem included some of his comedy into that like last part there, where he talks about mannequins and napkins, basically. Yeah, he, I did uh, like that too. I can see my dick is standing stiff as a mannequin. I'm bringing the bandana back and the fucking headband again. A handkerchief, and I'm thinking of bringing in the fucking fingerless gloves back. I'm not giving a singular fuck like fuck rap. I'm signing like a fucking millionaire with a derringer with a hair trigger, and he just keeps going. <laughs> He's so good. How does he get so many bars? <laughs> How does he write these raps? <sighs> You're going to get that question asked whenever you go back to work on these weddings uh probably i know that um i just love it when somebody tells me that they're like yeah we like this genre and i'll name like five artists from that genre and they're like no <laughs> now we don't like them we like you know like the one person i didn't name <laughs> you know like i'll be like country and they're like yeah we like country but like oh do you like you know george Strait, luke bryan chris stapleton uh Garth Brooks, you know, just anything like that. They're like, no, we like Thomas Rat, And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, you know, that's way different than the other four artists I named. Like, they're all the fucking same. Like, they're all, I don't know. <laughs> Getting you all riled up again. Yeah, and then later they'll be like, well, we do like that one Luke Bryan song, and we like George Strait. And it's like, okay, so you just can't admit that I was right? You know, you have to be like, no, 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 we're way different. We like this guy. <laughs> really edgy. Yeah, our music, our music taste is really eclectic. You know, we like these two genres, you know, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with playing that. That's what the other thing I always love, too, is whenever, like, whenever they like generally all, like, basic genres of music that you can, you know, sing along or dance to, mm -hmm. you know, we always generally ask them, like, you know, is there anything out there that you don't like? And you generally want them to say, like, you know, hey, I'm okay with, like, Nicki Minaj, but I hate Cardi B or just things like that. Uh -huh. They'll be like, well, we don't really like metal or, you know, rock or anything like that. And it's like, how fucking stupid do you think we are? Like, are we really going to play metal at a fucking wedding? <laughs> like, like, I just don't get what, you know, unless you want us to play metal, like, why would a DJ show up to a wedding and play metal? Like, I, it just makes no sense to me. I, I can't think of anybody that would do that. And then you've got these other couples who, you know, want us to play metal. And it's like, again, do you think anybody's going to enjoy that or dance to it. I mean, let me answer it for you. They're not. And like, I don't know. It's just amazing the stupidity of people. They're like, you guys better not play metal. Because I know that's like the number one genre that people play. Like whenever I get in anyone's car, it's always metal. I can't stand it. Uh, so I don't want it at my wedding because everybody listens to metal and I just won't have it. I'm the one person that doesn't like it. It's like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It's amazing. I, I don't know what's in the water fountains or like what we're doing with public schools these days, but people <laughs> fucking stupid. I'll tell you that. Uh, well said. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I feel like I've talked like 90% of this episode, so I, I apologize for that. It was, um, no, you're good, dude. You got on, uh, got on some good roles there. I don't, I don't want to interrupt the flow when you're just talking about stupid people. You know, it's just, it's a thing of beauty. I gotta, I gotta let it just play itself out. Yeah, yeah, you know, you might, yeah, yeah, well, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely frustrating, um, you know, people on the road are still, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if they make people take the Oklahoma driving test with a 
blindfold or like if they make them like eat a cheeseburger and smoke a cigarette while they're doing the driving test because everybody's driving like they've never done it before i don't know what the hell's going on out there but um yeah people here are really dumb and um that's great you have anything else on uh, today's episode any uh, final thoughts on sports ball in game or um you know um I'm sure I'll think of it as soon as we're done, but no, not really. Uh, people are stupid everywhere. I think that's probably the takeaway from this episode. Yeah. How do you feel about the Me Too movement? You know, what are your thoughts? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, another classic episode of The Decent Show. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Um, you know, I've I've seen that our inbox is definitely lacking a lot of genders and pronouns. I don't know what to call you fuckers, so... Make sure uh, you get in our inbox and let us know your gender pronoun and uh, keep listening to the show. We'll have hopefully another gamble episode coming up. You know, he's been doing the, the producing and the beats and it'd be nice to definitely hear what's going on in his bathroom. Um, I, actually, I poked my head in there the other day and that toilet is disgusting. I don't, but, uh, um, I don't think he's cleaned it since we moved in here, to be honest with you. Um, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, for Reagan Horton, I'm Ryan Money. You guys have a great night. under a star. <laughs> it was there that I discovered the Pamplona Beret. Size is seven and a half to eight and three quarters price. Thirty-five dollars. <laughs> about sports? You follow sports? It's fourth and inches and the Giants are going for it. You've got to love sports.